Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the final Mayfield Matrix on the Orange Cloud Talk podcast. Maybe some of you are relieved that this is finally over. Maybe some of you are super excited to hear option five. Doug Maurice, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Pasco, Ashley Bastock, and Dan Lobby. We've been running through all the options. We're not saying that maybe the, you know, the Browns are saying, hey, Baker Mayfield's the guy. But these are all the things that could happen when you have a quarterback situation like this for any organization. And the options we've done so far are commit to him uh, without giving him an extension but say he's the guy for sure for year five. Another option is bring in a veteran hedge competition backup, but another guy that you could go to who's a veteran who's done it. Another is draft somebody, get a, get a young potential future quarterback in the room right now. Another option is, you know what? Go ahead and sign the extension. A couple of the guys that we've talked about, these 25 first-round quarterbacks since 2011, some of them signed their extension in the offseason before year five. They weren't signed yet. So you you know what? He is the guy. Give him the money. And all four of those options, guys, have Baker Mayfield as a Cleveland Brown in 2022, which is what the Browns say is going to happen. So all those fit to some degree what the Browns are saying. This is the one that's different. And the reason that I think this is even worth talking about is I do think if something like this, the nuclear option, the Baker Mayfield is gone and a more established starter is here in his place. To me, this is the kind of thing that happens out of the blue if it's going to happen. I don't know that this would be something we'd hear a ton about ahead of time. It might just be one day Baker Mayfield's the guy, and the next day this other guy is the guy. And the example for this is Jared Goff being traded by the Rams to Detroit for Matthew Stafford. Obviously, that was different because Jared Goff had signed. He did have a giant extension already, right? So that is a different situation, but it still was a guy who you thought maybe he was going to be the guy in year five, and then he got traded. And he was not. He was out. So what are the pros of this situation? And listen, again, this is the angstiest discussion about this because, and the most fanciful. But we have grounded, I think, the first four in reality, right? That it's like, hey, this is, you could do this. You really could do this. This is a little bit of pixie dust, but that's okay. It's just sports. So what are the pros? And listen, you have to factor in the fact that it would cost him. It's not just Baker Mayfield for this guy, right? You're inheriting probably a contract from the other guy. You're giving up draft picks, high draft picks, the way the Rams did to make this deal. So it's a commitment and it's a no doubt about it. Now, this is the guy, this is your franchise quarterback for the future. 
What are the pros of this idea? The, the pros are the Buccaneers with Brady. The pros are the Broncos with Peyton Manning, uh, the Rams this year. Those are all pretty good pros. Don't those teams look like they had a lot of fun with those quarterbacks, just dropping them in and having this great team around them. And that it's like just dropping a new engine into a car that's already been rebuilt. And then you just watch it go. Those are the pros. I mean, I, I do not know how Andrew Barry feels about swapping picks for, for players like that. Uh, but I do know they have a surplus of talent at a handful of positions uh, that could help make a deal like that work if, if they had to. So um, I, I like this a lot more than, than I did some of our other options. Uh, I think they're, they're in a position to where they can do something like this, just whether or not they really want to. And this does feel like the kind of thing that like, you know, when the Aaron Rodgers disconnect was happening in green Bay last off season, it was like, Oh, what if, you know, like every now and then stuff like this would pop up, but Mary Kay, it felt like a lot of the fan base, but before year four of Baker Mayfield in Cleveland, anytime anything like that would even be floated. I don't know. Generally, it felt like there'd be a negative reaction from the fan base of like, I know that guy's established, but Baker's our guy. What are we talking about? Why would we do that? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know how much that's changed after how year four went for Baker Mayfield. Does this feel any more possible now than it did a year ago? Absolutely. 100%. It feels way more possible than it did a year ago. Of course, a year ago, Baker Mayfield was coming off an 11 and five season down the stretch. He had thrown like 20 touchdown passes against only one interception after the, um, after the Odell Beckham Jr. Interception in Cincinnati. Uh, You know, he won a playoff game in grand fashion in Pittsburgh. Uh, Who doesn't win friends and influence people with something like that. And it just seemed that the future was very bright, that they needed to fix the defense and that the defense was going to set him up with even better field position in 2021. And everybody was going to ride off into the Super Bowl sunset. So absolutely, this was not in anybody's thinking heading into this season. Now, I would have to say that just judging from uh, the reaction to Baker Mayfield this season and some of the things that have happened in the offseason, I think there are plenty of fans who have jumped off the Baker bandwagon. There are plenty of fans who are still on it, but it's a lot more divided now than it was before last season. And, uh, and so I, I actually don't think that this would uh, create the firestorm that it, obviously that it would have last year. I think plenty of people would be for it. And I don't even think that we hear uh, from the people that are, um, you know, sort of anti-Baker as much as you hear from the people that support him, uh, you know, when something ends up in the news and it comes time to choose sides. Uh, I don't know that we have a really great handle on uh, just how many people are sort of done. Okay. But I do hear that, you know, from a lot of people, you know, just being out and about and, um, you know, emails and our text, you know, our subscribers and things like that. Uh, so I, I think the fans are divided now. I think that this is, uh, would be a viable option if, if it were easy to pull off. And it's not going to be easy to pull off. And therefore, that's why I think they are telling us 
that um, that they fully expect Baker Mayfield to be their starting quarterback in 2022 and for him to bounce back. Andrew Berry told us at the bye week that he fully expected, or at least, no, he expected Baker Mayfield to play his best ball down the stretch, okay? Just because you're trying to speak something into existence doesn't mean it's going to happen. It doesn't mean it's going to happen that way. Now, why do we believe him? That, that, they are, that he's going to be the starter in 2022, once again, because they're not getting Aaron Rodgers. They're not going to get Russell Wilson. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's save the names. Let's save okay. the names. Let's save okay. the names. All right, we'll save the names. We'll save the names. But um, it's, not, it's not an easy option to pull off for many reasons, including the fact, as you mentioned, in the open, that Baker Mayfield has a, a 19 basically almost a $19 million contract for next season. But that's not, that is not in the world of quarterback pay. That's not that big of a deal. That's half of what the excellent, good quarterbacks are, are making now. It's half. So, um, so it's, you know, it's not going to be easy, but it's also not impossible if the right situation comes along. So everybody just needs to be open-minded. So I, I will say before Ashley and Dan check in, that it's hard to do and how would it work and who's going to do it with you? That is the biggest con, right? This is like <laughs> easy to talk about, right. but maybe difficult to figure out. But I am, I am sort of curious that we can make this a pro and con discussion at the same time. Like if you could do it, like if it presents itself, do you do it? Or are there like cons to it? Even if you, that it, it would, you know, Team X says, hey, here's our veteran, more established quarterback. We're ready to do the trade, but it's going to cost you some draft picks. Like, Dan, like, is there a con that like, oh, man, I don't want to give up draft picks to sort of change quarterbacks here. I'd rather not not mortgage any other part of the team. I'd rather ride with the quarterbacks. Then if we have to make a change, we'll make a change later, whatever. But I'm not dr- giving up capital to make a change the way the Rams did is, is that would that factor into you into this at all in your mind? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the con is like, if you get it wrong, right. You, you kind of have gone, this would be out of character. I think from what we know about how Andrew Barry and Paul Deepa does, how they view building this team, you know, giving up a ton of draft capital would, would just go against character. It also say, Hey, we're trying to win the Super Bowl, you know, we don't know if the Matthew Stafford trade has worked yet or not. True. You know, I, I just wanted to pull up his pro football reference page and all of that. And I Googled, so I Google Matthew Stafford. There's a headline that says it's not time to commit to Matthew Stafford past 2022 yet. There's another one that says statistically his season compares closely to one of Jared Goff's years. So, you know, I don't know if the honeymoon is over on Matthew Stafford and they didn't, you know, they didn't get Matthew Stafford to win a bunch of games in the regular season. They did it to try and get over the hump and win the Super Bowl. So we'll, we'll see. I think if you have an opportunity to go for a guy, you have to go for it because I think your team is ready. And I think that's what the Rams thought when they went and got Stafford. But the con is you go get a guy that you thought was something else. And I, I know we're going to throw out some names. There's going to be pros and cons to a lot of these guys. You go get a guy that you thought would fit perfectly. You thought still had something left in the tank and maybe he gets here and he doesn't. Um, and, and then you, you've kind of blown things up. Ashley, what's the pro-con balance here in your mind? 
Yeah, I think Dan kind of nailed it. Like, it's not something I would expect this regime to do. But it's almost like it's the, in the first podcast in this series, like we talked about if he's just the guy and you don't do anything else, there's no safety net. If you immediately would ship him out, there's no safety net in the in the other way because you have to hit like that has to be a win. You have to be more sure on this than you have been on anything else. So it's still a gamble. And I know we're not going to get into all the names and some of so, these names. Like in be 30 seconds. We will. I know, I know. But like and, and we'll talk more about that. But if you're just talking about the the strategy itself without the names added in it is risky obviously um so that's kind of it, it is a delicate delicate balance i think so i want to have i want to have this discussion first before we get to the names because this is how you keep people listening you wait and say oh they didn't say that guy's name yet they're gonna say it later <laughs> is there a group are there some quarterbacks who in a fanciful way could theoretically i mean we're not talking about getting Patrick Mahomes, like realistic names who maybe would be available, even if they say they don't want to come to Cleveland yet. Do you think there's a quarterback that the Browns would have some small chance of trading for that if they got him, they would make the Super Bowl next year or that they would have a much greater chance of making the Super Bowl than they would with good Baker Mayfield? Because some of the balance here is what if you could get a guy, not even like, well, is, is what if you don't get the good version of Baker? You get a guy who's good is better than Baker's good, right? His upside is above Baker's anyway. So you're sort of, it's no longer a hedge. It's like, well, even the best world of Baker Mayfield wouldn't be this guy. And we just got him. Like, does that sound impossible? Dan, you started off, you know, you're mentioning somebody like, or I guess it was Scott. Scott, actually, we'll go to you, Scott. You said Tom Brady, right? Okay. They're not going to get the greatest quarterback ever to drop in here, but the Bucks had everything else built, and then they dropped in a fantastic quarterback, and boom. Do you think the Browns have enough built that if you dropped in a fantastic quarterback, boom, they are like one of the very best teams in the league instantaneously? Sure. Drop Aaron Rodgers in there. I think they would be better. I will go on record and say the Browns would be a Super Bowl contender with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback with this offense, for sure. Are you being facetious or do you really mean that? I mean, it's like, it's like, oh, sure. Drop <laughs> I mean, in Johnny Unitas and they go I, to the Super Bowl, dog. Like, I can't. What more would you want in a quarterback? Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, Aaron Rodgers goes anywhere. He's going to make that team a contender. Well, if, but, if he went, if he went to Jacksonville, he'd probably take him to the AFC Championship. No, but but I think, but that's but that's part of the distinction I'm trying to have here. If he went to Jacksonville, Jacksonville still has a lot wrong. If like there's a lot of teams, there's at least some teams that if you dropped in a superstar quarterback there, it's still be like, well, their defense stinks. Their coach is an idiot. They have no offensive line, right? Are the Browns in a position where like no? I mean, they they literally would go right to the top with a select few guys. And then it's, but then it's a matter of, is it worth it? So then if you could get Aaron Rodgers, would you trade four first round picks for Aaron Rodgers? Because we believe he would instantaneously make them a legitimate Super Bowl contender. You know what? Go go ahead. I mean, I I would just say yes, because if you believe Aaron Rodgers makes you a Super Bowl contender, guess where those first round picks are. Right. Mm -hmm. Go go ahead, Mary Yeah, I I was going to say, I was going to say unequivocally, yes, absolutely. Now, they're going to need, I mean, there's no Devontae Adams here. So 
you have to give him a couple of receivers, obviously, but um, and you're gonna have to find them somewhere. But you know, you you can do that. Uh, but if you drop Aaron Rodgers into this football team with this defense, the way this defense is also about to step it up next year with all these young guys going into their second year, and with this offensive line and these running backs, 100%, you are an instant Super Bowl contender and a likely one. And I think if you add Aaron Rodgers, I think you're going to become maybe a little more attractive to some free agent wide receivers. Uh, and beyond that, I think on the offensive side of the ball, they could, they have like, they could lose a couple of pieces, I think in acquiring Aaron Rodgers and still, and still survive that. Okay. Again, this is fanciful. Don't please don't. Oh, Cleveland cops says trade for Aaron Rodgers. We're just talking about like what the, what the craziest option would look like. And we'll do all the names next on the orange about talk podcast. All right, here I have seven names that I think would fit into the. If this guy came here, it would be an instead of, not a with, and that it would be an upgrade, and that it would increase your chances of winning, and that it's again like Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence are not on this list. These are guys that it would not be insane this to think of them changing teams this offseason. And I have three tiers of these guys. So I'll put the names out there and then you guys can add names or we can talk about the names individually, but everybody wants to hear it. All right. Tier one, which is like you get him and you're one of the best teams in the league and an instant Super Bowl contender is Aaron Rodgers. And then is Russell Wilson still at that level? Well, Russell Wilson didn't have a great year. Is he, of course he's not quite Aaron Rodgers. But is it fair to put Russell Wilson in his tier or not? That would be a question. But to me, that's the top tier of like the guys who maybe move. Then Deshaun Watson is on a tier of his own because on the field, he's at that level. Off the field, holy moly, would you even want to go with near that with a 10-foot pole? I don't know. There is a whole rash of things that we would have to talk about in bringing a player with those accusations against him to this franchise that goes beyond the on-field play. So that's why he's in a separate tier. And then I have four guys in the, I think it would be a pretty, a, a clear upgrade from the Baker Mayfield we just saw. Derek Carr, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Kirk Cousins. And I have not gone through every single contract situation with all those guys. Part of it is if Baker Mayfield's in the trade, then you're off that money. You take this money, right? I mean, there's enough stuff with the cap. If you want the guy and you want to make the deal, you can figure it out, right? So those are my seven names and my three tiers. Before we dive in hard, is there any other name that people would throw in to that list? I tried to go through like because some guys that we've talked about, like Teddy Bridgewater, who was a starter this year, he's a he's a whiff, not an instead of. So I tried to go through every team in the league, and then there's some guys who just aren't moving. Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes and guys like that. Some guys who were too young, you know, Zach Wilson, the Jets aren't trading, right? So I tried to find everybody who was even possibly in the realm of maybe being 1% available. Did I miss anybody? All right. I, I, I don't think that. so. Okay. I don't think so. I'm looking, I'm looking through the list of quarterbacks here, and I think you hit. Everybody. All right. So let's start, Mary Kay. You started before I cut you off eight minutes ago or 12 minutes ago, whatever it was, because <laughs> I wanted people to get to this point in the podcast. 
Right. You said they're not getting Aaron Rodgers. They're not getting Russell Wilson. And let's lump Deshaun Watson in here. Is it not even worth talking about? Because those guys control their futures to a degree that maybe they're available and maybe they would change teams, but they wouldn't come to Cleveland. Is that where we are with those three names? Not necessarily. Uh, I've learned in over these many, many, many years to never say never. Okay. Jadavian Clowney did not want to come to Cleveland to the point where he didn't even, he wouldn't even take a visit to come to Cleveland before last season. They tried to get him the year before and he was not interested. Cleveland has uh, a a PR problem in the minds of some players uh, out there in the NFL. And it's largely because uh, they have missed the playoffs in what is it? 21 out of their last 23 years. And they have 20 losing seasons in their last 23 years. So there's a perception problem out there. And uh, so, you know, you, they have to overcome that, but I do think that they can overcome that if they get a guy in the building and show him what they have and what a quarterback wants more than anything, when he is uh, at the level of an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, they want to win a Super Bowl. And if you can convince that guy that this is the best chance for him to just get plopped into a team and win a Super Bowl, I mean, you'd have to sell it. You would have to sell it, but you can. And so therefore, I wouldn't rule anything out. If you, you know, why not toss your hat in the ring and try to get one of these? This is a, a, this is a story franchise. It's not like Aaron Rodgers is in New York or L.A. or one of these big, splashy markets. I mean, he's in Green Bay, Wisconsin, right? So being in Cleveland wouldn't be necessarily a market downgrade for him. Uh, and it, in some ways, could be a supporting cast upgrade, an opportunity to make it to the Super Bowl in the AFC and go up against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl and beat him. So, uh, you know, I think that there would be a ton of selling points for him to come to Cleveland if they could get in his ear and really sit down with him and show him what's here. So I'm, I'm a never say never person. I've seen too many nevers turn into yeses. So, you know, I, I don't go there. Russell Wilson, same thing. Get him in the building, show him this is this. All we need is you to get to the Super Bowl. It's all we need. Deshaun Watson, as you, as you mentioned, Doug, you know, it's just, it's, it's just so risky from a, from, from all angles. It's just so risky. So I'm not seeing that one. And I think that's, you know, some of these things that I'm saying are probably the reasons why uh, they, they haven't really thought about upgrading to a veteran because a lot of these things probably don't seem that possible. Um, should we just start there? Let's just start there and, and let, throw out there. You guys react to, to what I just said. Yeah. Those three names, what Mary Kay said about it. What do you guys think? If the pause goes too long, I, I'm going to make Ash. I'm going to make <laughs> Ashley talk. I'm going to make Ashley talk. <laughs> Ashley, You're solve the Browns' quarterback <laughs> problem right now. Well, listen. I'm going to defer to Mary Kay on this because I get why Cleveland may not be attractive for multiple reasons. Like I think, like she's talking about the there's the history aspect, right? And then Jadavian Clowney, for example, like multiple people have made it known like that guy likes warmer weather. Like that's also a factor in all this. There are more glamorous places to play and live. Now I'm from Cleveland. I love Cleveland. So I say that with love. Um, 
I, I do think though, going back to the previous point, if the goal for everyone involved for in theory, a new quarterback and the team is to win a Super Bowl, and you think that is realistic and you are 99% positive that this is the right thing to do, then I think you do it regardless of, of what the situation is, regardless of what you have to give up, because that should be the ultimate goal. So I do think it's in theory, like Mary Kay's never say never, like stranger things have happened in this league. So that's kind of where I'm at. I can make this, this question slightly more specific as it, as it, applies to Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. If they would come, would you trade Mayfield and whatever it took to get them? Scott. Yes. Dan. Okay. Yes. Yes. Actually. Yes. Okay. Scott. And, and act, actually it's funny. I, I was trying to Google something about yeah. Tom Brady. Um, when we were, while Mary Kay was talking and I came across Seth, a uh, Seth Wickersham. who wrote that book about Brady and Belichick. And there was an excerpt that basically said Brady wanted to go to the 49ers. Like that was one of the teams he wanted to go to. And the 49ers were kind of scared off by his age. And they were like, ah, we'll stick with Jimmy Garoppolo. Whoops. Probably should have (laughs) taken that opportunity. So if a guy like Aaron Rodgers says he wants to come to Cleveland, you get Aaron Rodgers to Cleveland. What, like whatever it short of short of giving up miles Garrett, you, you do whatever it takes to get Aaron Rodgers to Cleveland. And, and it's complicated because, you know, these guys, Aaron might want to just live close to California. You know, Russell might want to go to New York or Las Vegas or, you know, whatever. But if, if those things aren't factors to these guys, then you go get them. And Scott, you agree with that too? Yeah, definitely. Okay. I think it's, it's be a no-brainer. Okay. So then let's have a five-minute complicated Deshaun Watson discussion right now. Because I think I think we should, and then we can get into the more realistic options. Would you even entertain it? Is it is it worth even entertaining? Because we know the accusations; it continues to proceed. And maybe again, if you're listening, Deshaun Watson has been uh, accused by multiple women of inappropriate conduct during massages, and it has it has derailed his career to this point. It's why he didn't play for the Houston Texans this year. There have been, you know rumors and discussions of, oh, could a team trade for him? Miami was in the mix for something like that. I think Carolina has been thrown out there. So he might be available, and it does seem like some teams are looking at him. The Browns, who they are, what they are right now. If they could get Deshaun Watson, should they do it? I, Dan, I think, go ahead, Mary Kay. Oh, Dan, do you want to start? No, go ahead. I, I think that if he is cleared legally, of wrongdoing. And if he also um, maybe demonstrates or, or shows that he is rehabilitated and that nothing like this could ever possibly happen again. And, uh, you know, and that everyone has a comfort level that this would not be an issue going forward. And that maybe if there were some amends and things like that. I mean, I think there is a world in which you can at least consider it. And I think the Browns have shown that if they feel like a person deserves a second chance, they will be willing to give him that second chance. Now, this one is complicated because it involves a lot of people saying the same thing. And you would have to really, really uh, make sure that, uh, I mean, I, I would have to make sure 
that there were that there was counseling, that there were, you know, just a, a lot of things. Um, but the Browns have demonstrated that, you know, they'll they'll take the Malik McDowell's and and the Kareem Hunts and and try to, you know, bring them into a good environment and make sure that they are productive, upstanding citizens that are only going to do good in the world and no bad in the world anymore. But I just don't think that there's time for all of that yet. Uh, you know, right now, I just don't think there's time for that. I think this uh, has the potential to be sort of a long drawn out process. So I don't think it's realistic. It doesn't seem realistic that this could all happen and take place this off season. It doesn't mean to me that it could never happen or should never happen here, but I think it's too soon for this off season. Yeah. It's a lot to happen in a short amount of time. And plus his big $160 million contract extension kicks in this year. So he'd be making 40 million. So if there was any question, like if you were kind of sure that you're the things were going to work out for him, uh, you're, you're kind of risking a lot of money and it stays really high pretty much through 2025. So um, that's a lot of money to put on the line on top of everything else you'd be dealing with. Yeah. I just think kind of like what Mary Kay was saying that it's too much of a risk given the allegations and I think there's more potential with him for things to go wrong because of the off the field stuff than there is with some of the other guys we've talked about and are going to talk about, obviously, who don't have um, these kind of allegations and this scandal kind of surrounding them right now. Um, so I think it would take too much time. I think there's no real way to, for them to be absolutely sure it's going to work out in the future either. Yeah. I mean, the, the risk is, the risk is unbelievable uh, on this one. And you know what? I mean, if you do this, you kind of make a statement about who you are as an organization. And is, is that the statement you want to make that, you know, we, we don't care. We're going to bring this guy in because he wins his football games. So I, I think that's, that's part of it. Can, can you stand up there and continue to say tough, smart, accountable every single day if, if you make a trade like this and, and bring in Deshaun Watson? I, I mean, there are, there are quarterbacks, Browns fans certainly know of one a couple hours from here, who have pretty bad things in their past, pretty bad allegations in their past that have played and won. Um, other teams have done it, but it, it's kind of, it's sort of a moment where I think you make a statement about who you are as an organization one way or the other. I think that's all a smart discussion and we needed to check in on it. And, you know, there's probably not a reason to check in on it any more in depth until it feels like it actually could become a possibility. But it feels like somebody's going to trade for that guy and he's going to play football again. But I do think, Dan, your point and everybody's points are well taken on that. All right, let's go to the next group, which I think is a slightly more realistic, but also not as much immediate. Hey, these, these the other four guys, I think, are more like Stafford that are like, maybe he's better, but like, are you sure? Like I, I, maybe they're a playoff team, but are you, you going to win a Super Bowl? Matt Ryan, the Falcons say they want him back. Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs with the Niners has played really well down the stretch, but they just traded a boatload of picks to take a quarterback at number three in the draft. And the idea that like, they're just going to put Trey Lance on autopilot there and keep playing Jimmy G is like, I don't know that they would do that. So it certainly feels like Jimmy Garoppolo might be available this offseason. Kirk Cousins, they just fired everybody in Minnesota. And so they're going to bring in somebody new. Does the new guy, do they want Kirk Cousins? Could it be a fresh start? Again, we're, I'm sure we'll have Kirk Cousins. That's the Minnesota thing. But also like, hey, 
the new regime in Minnesota might not be the worst thing in the world. Well, we would take Baker Mayfield on for one year and see what happens. Maybe we'll hit on the upside of that guy. And if not, then in year two of our new organization, then we can move on and find a new quarterback. And then Derek Carr, whose name feels like maybe has been out there the most. These, these four guys aren't exactly the same, but I think it's fair to fit them in a tier. Does this feel substantially more realistic and possible than the Rogers Wilson Watson stuff. Yeah, I, I would, I would say so for sure. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, the Minnesota thing. Cause I was thinking the same kind of deal. Like he's got uh, cousins has one year left on his deal. He's, he's making 40, 45 million <laughs> uh, in 2022, but you're right. A new, a new regime could look at Baker as that one year carryover person. We go draft our quarterback or we figure out what our future is at that position while we just let Baker play out this year. We, we, we get rid of, of cousins and kind of move on with something else. Um, I do like that. And I think the reason Carr was talked about so much is he has zero guaranteed money next year. So like they could just cut him and not be hit with anything. So he's, I think a, a good option too. I, I like I like a lot of the guys on this on the second tier. To be honest, I think obviously Kirk Cousins has been really good, and I had people emailing me last year and even this year, kind of dumping on Kirk Cousins because we I kind of used him as a comparison a lot for for what Baker Mayfield has done with Stefanski, but uh, been a really good quarterback, and he's been a good quarterback in Stefanski's offense in Minnesota's offense, and I'm sure he would be a good quarterback here. Kirk, Kirk Cousins is such an interesting example because he's kind of that reminder of there's only like three or four guys in the league that are in that Rogers, you know, that, that, or maybe whatever, five guys, the Kirk cousins experience is something else. Like, cause, cause there are weeks when he looks like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And there's weeks when it's like, Oh my God, what are we doing here? But as Minnesota has shown, you can win and go to the playoffs with Kirk cousins. And you know, he's, he's been good. Um, he's just very inconsistent, but I think that's what you're going to get into as you kind of wade into this tier of guys and you're trying to decide how much of an upgrade they are and how much you're willing to give up to get them. I think this class of guys uh, includes some very, very intriguing and interesting prospects. In addition to that, they have some connections uh, with the Browns and with the Browns coaches and, um, and with the system that the Browns run. So they kind of can, compare things apples to apples, right? I mean, you know what you're going to get from Kirk Cousins in Kevin Stefanski's offense. And they have a relationship. They have a very good working relationship. They work together. They won together. And, um, and you know, that would be, I think, a, a very natural fit for them. And you know what you're absolutely what you're going to get. Same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo, just in terms of the scheme and the system. You can envision him in the Shanahan Kubiak offense that Kevin's play action based offense that Kevin Stefanski is running here because it's basically the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. We all know that he went back to Minnesota for that final year and he learned all of the nuances of the Gary Kubiak, Mike Shanahan offense. So Jimmy Garoppolo would be able to be plugged into this offense and it would be a seamless transition. So I think those are things uh, to consider there. And then in the case of, of Derek Carr, uh, I, I think he would be a, a perfect fit in this offense as well. 
And, you know, there are there are other things to consider. And I, I won't get too deep into this just yet. But um, but I think there's a whole character component to consider in all of this. Uh, I, I think it was a, a difficult year uh, for Baker Mayfield in terms of leadership, in terms of mental toughness, in terms of some of the things that you saw from him. And I think the Browns have to look at this class of guys and ask themselves, can you get the same level of play or better than you got from Baker Mayfield with not all of the drama? Okay. Odell wanted out of here that blew up. Uh, he Baker Mayfield stalked off the field after one game, uh, which I never see a quarterback ever do. And that, and then not talk to the media when he came out the next day for the makeup press conference, he not only called out a very respected reporter that is, has a good relationship with him, uh, that asked the first question, he kind of snapped it at him. Um, but then after that, he, also in that same press conference where she's supposed to be, uh, you know, making up for walking off the field and shirking his media responsibility. He called out the fans in that press conference. So that was just kind of two wrongs. Didn't make a right. Um, he criticized his coach, his head coaches uh, methods and play calling on two occasions after games, which sends a, the wrong message to the entire football team and to the public and, to everybody else involved. Uh, so these are things that you don't want from your starting quarterback. And these are things that you're not going to get from a Derek Carr. So whatever anybody wants to say, there is a component of that. Because if you are questioning your head coach's play calling, then maybe Anthony Schwartz might wonder if it's good. And maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones might wonder if it's good. So I, I think that has to be taken into consideration when you are considering an upgrade. And to build off that point, like you look at Derek Carr this year and everything the Raiders went through, like how he handled the stuff with Rudin, his presser after the Henry Ruggs incident that basically went viral because of how well he handled it. Like it's like night and day when you compare his year in the media to Baker Mayfield's, I think. So I'm going to try to draw a distinction here that, before the Browns drafted a quarterback very high in the first round, I did not want them to go the Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins route because I felt like that was maybe potentially settling. It's like, I don't know. You get Jimmy Garoppolo as Belichick just tricking everybody. He's actually not that good. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I mean, I guess he was decent Washington. You're going to pay him $40 million, though. What's his real upside? I wanted the Browns to take their shot in the draft so they maybe would get a Justin Herbert or a Patrick Mahomes. Right. Maybe like take your shot, take your upside shot in the draft, pick an overall number one. So they did that. And then they build up the rest of the organization around it. And now you're four years into that. And now Baker Mayfield's not Patrick Mahomes and he's not Justin Herbert. And you know that it doesn't mean he, he still might be a good quarterback. He might be, but I did want them to settle previously preemptively. But now to me, if you take a Derek Carr or a Jimmy Garoppolo or a Kirk Cousins, they're not Patrick Mahomes either, but you kind of know what they are and they've done it more consistently. And if you're at a situation where you're not exactly sure what Baker Mayfield is, and again, to the point, they haven't signed him to an extension, so they're not committed long-term to him. They're still trying to figure out exactly what he is. I would be okay going to this level of quarterback now. 
you're admitting we're not going to have Patrick Mahomes as our quarterback right now. But we think we could drop one of these guys who is more of a sure thing than Baker into this team and make the playoffs next year. We're almost sure we're going to make the playoffs next year with Kirk Cousins. Because he's just got to be Kirk Cousins. And he kind of always is Kirk Cousins. As Scott said, maybe not week to week, but season to season, he kind of is. And we're really, we're going to almost guarantee, it sounds crazy, almost guarantee ourselves a playoff spot next year. And then we'll figure it out. We'll keep figuring it out. But we're not sure about Baker Mayfield. I'm more open to this tier of quarterback now than I was four years ago. And I do think it's okay to think of it that way. So this feels reasonable to me. So I guess the question would be, we'll get to our ratings at the end. The Browns, let's try to think how the Browns would think about this. And I think we've talked a lot in this series about, are they reluctant to give up draft picks? You know, you got to get, but I also think we realize, and Andrew Barry has said enough things over the year, until you settle quarterback, your, your franchise is in flux. The most important position is quarterback, and you've got to get that figured out. Would one of these four guys, and we haven't talked about Ryan much, maybe it's mostly Carr Cousins Garoppolo. Would one of those three guys settle the position enough, at least next year, that you think the Browns would actually think about doing this? Dan, we'll start with you. Do I think they would think about doing it? Um First of all, Doug, when, when you started to say, so you said the word franchise, I thought you were going to say another word there when, uh, when you said, if you don't have your quarterback settled. Oh, um, yes. But anyway, <laughs> I, I personally would like if Derek Carr somehow, like, let's say, let's say the dominoes went this way. Let's say Aaron Rodgers was like, I want to go to Las Vegas. And they were like, okay. And for some reason, Derek Carr didn't end up in Green Bay. I, you know, I would absolutely, I would do that in a heartbeat. You know, again, just like with all these guys, they're not perfect. Derek Carr's going to have games and throws where it's like, oh, my God. I mean, he threw an interception. He eventually led a game-winning drive against the Browns, but he also threw a really bad interception before he led that game-winning drive against the Browns. So, you know, these are not top-tier guys, but they stabilize things. They, I think they can run your offense at a higher level. I think he's a guy that's a perfect fit in this system. I, I think, obviously, we've seen Kirk Cousins can play in this system, so I would do it. With the Browns, I don't know. I, I, I think it would depend. I think this is where they would give pause to the idea of how much it cost. You know, so I, I don't know. It's just because, like I said, I think trading a bunch of picks for Aaron Rodgers is smart, even though it goes outside of how they want to build their team. Trading a bunch of picks for Derek Carr, I don't know if there's a line they would draw there as to how much they would be willing to give up. Ashley, where are you? Oh, go ahead, Mary Kay. Mary Kay, just, just on the idea of the Browns, yeah. No, just, I would think, let me just, I'm just going to mention Derek Carr, make a Derek Carr point real quick, and then uh, then somebody else can jump in. Derek Carr fumbles the ball a lot, which would concern me, but I think with better protection that maybe that wouldn't be as much of an issue. Uh, that's the one little red flag with him that I've, I've looked at. I'm thinking, mm, you know, that, that could be a problem. He's got to get that solved. He's got to get that fixed. Uh, but if the Browns can solve their tackle issues, I don't think it's going to be as much of a problem. Okay. That's it. Can, can I say this though? Can I just, I, I think with a lot of these guys, if you go get them, you just have to live with the flaws they have. Mm-hmm. I, I think they kind of are who they are at this point. And that is the point with guys like this. It's like exactly right, Dan. You know what you're getting. And then you have to decide, 
is that worth it or not? But if you decide to do it, you've got to play to their strengths, play down their flaws and, and take what they are. You're not going to change any of the guys in this tier at this point in their careers. Ashley, what do you think the Browns, how Andrew Barry would look at a possibility like this? I think it's kind of that last point there. Like you, you live with any of these guys because all of them have flaws, but it's, you think you can provide them a better environment to maybe be like a step above where they are now or be like slightly more efficient or not turn the ball over as much. Like you think given the other personnel on your team that you can be successful enough to make a Super Bowl. Like, I think again, like this is the nuclear option. So I think you only do this if you're the Browns, if you think you're a legitimate Super Bowl contender, the second you make that move. Kevin Stefanski said it all year. They need to be more consistent. And when he was talking about Baker or whoever, we need more consistent play. And even though, like you said, these guys aren't the top tier, they have all been more consistent, uh, or at least Carr and Cousins, I would say, have been more consistent than than Baker. So that's really what you're, what you'd be paying for there is that is that consistency for hour longing. You can have it. I think that uh, I truly believe that um, that the Browns, if they've discovered that they could acquire Derek Carr and it made sense from a Baker standpoint and a financial standpoint, I think they would be very intrigued by that. I think they would be very, very intrigued by that. Okay. We'll come back and put a number on it next on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. So we need to figure out how we're going to rate this because we've been doing this with every option, but this is the option that requires somebody else cooperating with you. On this, the other things are a little more in the Browns' control to do, right? I mean, if you want to draft a guy, draft a guy. If you want to sign him, you sign him. If you just want to commit to him all the way, commit to him all the way. And if you want to bring in a a, a veteran hedge, you'll find somebody. You can find somebody. Somebody would take your money to come in and be option one A behind Baker Mayfield. This is the one where it's not up to you. So I guess we can factor that into our number, but I guess maybe we also just need to think about it of in general, if this type of guy was available and you had to give up some draft capital to do it, would you do it? So it's a, it's a more difficult number to put off, you know, to try to figure out, but tough nuggies, you guys get paid for this, figure it out. One is I hate it. 10 is you really like it. Dan, we'll start with you. Where are you on the nuclear option of Mayfield out established veteran in? I thought ten was I love it. I love yeah, ten is ten is the good part. Uh, I really like ten it. is ten is I and down. love it to quote Doug. <laughs> ten to me. So I don't know if they did this anymore, but back in the day at, at the White Castle near my house, they would have a big Valentine's Day meal where you could go eat Valentine's dinner at White Castle, and then you would take your significant other there, and you would grab one of those tiny little hamburgers, and when you'd look into their eyes, and you would say, "I love." I love you enough to take you to White Castle for Valentine's Day. That's what it is. Are you sure that wasn't a fever dream? Because that sounds like not Thanksgiving at White Castle. To to be to be to be fair, the the White Castle near me closed and turned into a Starbucks. So I might 
I might have been a ghost. I might have imagined that, but I think that actually used to happen. All right, Dan, would you take Jimmy Garoppolo to White Castle for Valentine's Day? Is what we're <laughs> right. We're talking. We're talking about that tier. We're not talking like the Aaron Rodgers. So I don't like. It's going to cost you more to get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. It's more realistic to get Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. I don't know. We're lumping some stuff together here, and we're making you put one number on it. But the bottom line is a veteran that you would give stuff up for that you would view as an upgrade, at least from a consistency standpoint, and that the Browns would believe increases their chances of making the playoffs in 2022. And you are, you are giving up on Baker Mayfield. I, I mean, look, if it's Aaron Rodgers, it's a 10 no brainer. Yes. Right. Like that, that's a 10. If we go into that tier below, I probably have to look a little more closely at the guy, but I'm still going to put it pretty high. I'm going to go nine. Okay. Dan's interested. Ashley. Yeah. I'm going to go with Dan and say eight, just because I'm not factoring in the, um, the possibility that it might not happen into my rating. That's my understanding of how we're doing this at least. So if, if everything goes right and you can get a guy like that, I'm going to rate it so high because again, what we've been talking about, you're doing it with the intention of winning a Super Bowl. And if you pull that off, nothing else matters to me. So it's a drastic nuclear option, but if it works, it works. And that's what matters. Scott. 10. Uh, there's a guy out there who's excelled uh, such a high rate compared to Baker in this exact offense. And he could be available and really any of the guys that we've talked about outside of maybe Garoppolo. I'm not, I'm not sold on, on him per se, but I think uh, the other guys we've talked about, even like cousins and Carr. Uh, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on, on this wipe the slate clean, drop in somebody new and just go. I feel like Scott's been waiting for this. Scott has been <laughs> waiting through every podcast for this moment. I, I want to stop here because Scott, you're so strong on this. Do you think it actually could happen or are you just you're 10 on the if on the if I'm a 10? Ah, is it going to happen? I really doubt it. Or do you think it actually could? I'd like to think that it can. I don't like the fact that they, you know, that that Barry said Baker's the guy for 2022. I think it means nothing to me. I think it can. My concern would be if they kick the tires on people and it doesn't work out and then you come back with Baker. That's just. I don't know. I wouldn't want to see that happen, but I think if there's a, if there's a shot and you, you have a le- look, they draft, they traded up to, to draft a linebacker last year. So like I said before, they all bets seem to be off and Andrew Barry seems to be on this crusade to uh, knock away the walls that people want to put him in this analytics box that he's going to do everything by whatever uh, traditional analytics thought process is. And maybe this is part of that, but I'm all in if they can do it, and I'm, I'm willing to believe that it's it's a possibility. Like I said, they have they have the assets to to pull off something like this. The thing that I find interesting about that, Scott, your take on it, is that throughout much of the season, even the second half of the season, I sort of got the vibe that you were, you know, kind of in Baker's corner and really felt like, uh, you know, that he had some merit and should be given another chance. So I guess I'm a little surprised that you're, you know, sort of all in on let's like out with the old and with the new. I, yeah, I did give a seven to bringing back Baker back on the fifth year option uh, because I do think that he can be 
productive when he's healthy in this offense. We saw it last year. We saw it the first game of this past season, but I like this more. So, but the one thing, <laughs> the thing you like, Scott, is clarity. Yeah, you, I just you, want, I want to see an answer, a clear answer and, and go from there. That you sort of like the idea of like, either it's somebody instead of Baker or it's Baker. Right. Don't, this, don't muck around with Baker plus because you're just complicating things. Correct. Okay. That's interesting. I, I am really, 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 really torn on this uh, because as Dan said, like if you realistically, I think could get Rogers and I still would apply it to Wilson, even though Wilson wasn't quite as good this year. I just think you've seen that upside. I think it's instantaneous. I think whatever draft capital you would have to give up, I would be a 10 on both those guys. I'm going to be a six otherwise, because even though I wrote, it felt like Baker Mayfield in Pittsburgh was playing his last game as a Brown. I do think I like some of the Baker and options. And then you take one more shot. And then if that doesn't work, then I think you can do clean break the next year. And that you have a shot at the sort of Baker plus stuff to give you two chances at it working this year, which then also could mean it works long-term. And then if not, boom. And actually that's the Brady example, right? That Tampa was like five years at Winston and then they cut the court, boom, out Brady in, right? This is, you know, this is still year five of what would be Baker. So I'm going to go six on this. I don't, I don't dislike it, but I, I think I might in the end hedge, a little more. I don't, I didn't like just Baker. So I like this more than just Baker. I like just the new guy more than I like just Baker, but I'm okay. Hedging Mary Kay. We wrap it up with you. Well, first of all, I haven't heard a word anybody has said since we talked about Jimmy Garoppolo and Valentine's day dinner. Mm. So it's, it's just been a little. Yeah. Hard oh for yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Sliders, chicken rings, <laughs> I'm sorry, I've never been to White Castle. Did you say chicken rings? Chicken rings. It's it's chicken in the natural, it's natural shape. It's like a ring. It's just like, just like chickens are. In the wild. You've never been to White Castle? No, where's there a White Castle around here? Oh, they're they're all over the place. I think they're, they have them, they're in Northeast Ohio. I think I've seen them. one on like 117th or something around there. I think so. Uh, yeah, there's one on 117. I've, yes. I've never been to a White Castle, and I would like to keep it that way. Quite no. honestly, uh, <laughs> why you got to be like that? Go expensive. Go expensive meal on White Castle. Tell them it was research. They are not oh, going to be a sponsor. The, the company. The podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm torpedoing our chances at getting White Castle to sponsor this pod. I'll That's read right. the commercials <laughs> if they do, though. Yeah. Have you at least <laughs> seen the movie Harold and Kumar go to White Castle? No. Oh my okay. god. Oh, we got. It. Right. Okay. Well, exposing got- my pop culture blind spots on this podcast they still have people tweeting mm-hmm. at me to watch the wire i will and just kidding about uh just kidding about what i said let's have a little sense of humor here You're, yeah that's all right I mean, come on we can have a little fun can't we can't and we on the orange <laughs> can't we have nice things on the orange and browns talk pod can't we anyways um so yes for for some of the reasons that i mentioned before uh I think you can, you can, if you can find someone uh, that can upgrade the quarterback position for you and with more leadership and less drama, I, I would, I would take that. I, I would go for that. Uh, someone like a Derek Carr, you know, I, I think that, I think he would be good for, for this team. So, I mean, nobody had, if, if anybody in the NFL 
had an excuse this season to, to complain about anything, it, it would have been Derek Carr. What he had to overcome to get his team into the playoffs, and did he ever at any point call anybody out or use anything as an excuse? I mean, I just watched the Henry Ruggs press conference again the other day. They did a, ESPN did a whole wonderful piece on Derek Carr. And in, in my book, quarterback leadership is 50% of what he needs to bring to the table. That's the kind of leadership that if I were roster building, that's what I'm looking for. So if you can get your hands on that guy, do it. And I'm going eight here. Really quick, Doug, I need to watch your head almost explode because I'm watching Twitter as we record this. And Chris Ballard from the Colts is giving his press conference right now or just finished it, whatever. And there's a quote that's already making the rounds that says he got asked about Carson Wentz and said, at the time, we felt it was the right decision. I'm not going to make a comment on who is going to be here next year and who is not. Oh, wait, did we forget to include Carson Wentz as an option for the Browns in 2022? Is that I don't we think to, he ever came up until just now. We need to come back around on Carson Wentz. I cannot believe I lost a freaking bet to Ellis on that guy. That guy had like the worst half decent season of anybody, and I lose the bet. So I have shout to shout out to our uh, shout out to our football insider subscriber that made you a poster too. Yeah, no, a I'm great poster. What was the wait? Fantastic. Doug, say what the bet was again, so people know. It was. Which team would wind up with a better record, the Colts or the Browns, which Ellis and I were using as a indication of the quarterback play of Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz. So if Carson, if the Colts had a better record than the Browns, then I had to get a poster that said, I love Carson Wentz and hang it in my office, which will soon be behind me here. And if the Browns had a better record than the Colts, then Ellis had to hang up a poster that said Carson Wentz sucks. And uh, somehow the Colts wound up with a better record than the Browns, despite the worst last week collapse in the history of the NFL potentially fueled by the ineptitude of Carson Wentz. So I lost in, I lost technically, but I feel like I won in spirit because in the end, Carson Wentz is awful. And, and by the way, Carson Wentz's season statistically is as good as any season Baker Mayfield's had. And with that, we will wrap up <laughs> the Mayfield matrix. We appreciate you guys. Riding along with us on this exercise, both at cleveland.com slash Browns and here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. You know, this is going to be the main topic of conversation until the season starts. And again, the Browns have said what they've said. We acknowledge that. We wanted to take this opportunity to sort of run through the other options just to present them. We're not saying it's going to happen. We're just saying these are things that any team could do with any quarterback. And so we've covered all those options now. And now I think we'll sit back and report and observe and see what the Browns actually do. But right now they're committed to Baker Mayfield as their quarterback for 2022. Thanks to Scott, Mary Kay, Ashley, and Dan for all their insights and work on this project. Thanks to you guys for listening. I'm Doug. And that was the Orange and Brown Talk podcast.